0: All right, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans sponsored by Lion Bolt Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and featured titan for episode 271, all the way from Irvine, California, none other than my good friend, Aaron Hodston. Aaron, I am super honored and thrilled about this. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: My pleasure, Greg. Thanks for having me on. And Irvine's my last step. My original step was from New Zealand. So that's where you'll pick up the accent straight away. So I've done a few puddle jumps since then, but uh, born in New Zealand, ended up in Irvine and I've been here for nearly 14 years. So I'm officially a, a US, yeah, it's my home. Oh, I,
0: I, I love it. And to me, Aaron, I'm a huge fan of the accent. I know that everybody's listening to live now or after the fact, they're going to appreciate it as well. A voice of gold, as, as I would say, but Aaron, I've been super fortunate in my life to have a few conversations with you. And every single time it's an absolute honor, a pleasure. My mind is blown. My heart is full and it's so many tools, tactics, systems, and takeaways. It's just incredible. So I want to I want to tell everybody you're welcome in advance that Aaron is here. Aaron, (laughs) I'm super excited about this one that we're live out to everybody. So I but I do want to start with the origin story, Aaron, as everybody goes through anybody who's been living under a rock, who maybe doesn't know who you are, and what you've done in the real estate world. uh, I want to go down that road. So who is Aaron? What's your life story? You know what got you into the business and where you are to today. So let's start there, Aaron, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's
1: an it's an interesting one, Greg, because I mean, you always when somebody sort of wants to know your story about how you got into the business, you always, always want to share this sort of life changing story, like it was like a vision I got up one day and my passion for real estate drove me into the business, and that's completely false. That didn't happen for <laughs> me. Um, quite honestly, I'm a I'm a coded welder by trade. Um, I used to work for a great American company out of Australia called Caterpillar, and I was you know, tasked to do a very specific type of welding. So, you know, when the weather was so hot, they used to fly me into these remote mine sites to fix machinery when nobody else could work because it was so hot. So it was literally the world's worst job, Um, but I made a ton of money doing it. Um, I actually bought an investment property when I was doing that. And my lender, as all good lenders would say to you, is like, you know what? You're really good at this. You should get into real estate. I had no idea what the business was. Um, So I did a little bit of research on it, and and quite honestly, I looked at some of these people that were making significant income, and I thought, well, if these types of people can make some money doing this, this could be a great vehicle for me to do the things I wanted to do. Um, But ironically, when I was growing up as a a kid, one of my best friend's mum was in real estate, and I didn't really know what she did for a job, but she used to drive around in nice cars and drink coffee all day, so I didn't really care. I thought, that's the job I want to do when I get out of it. Um, So I I dove into real estate when I was pretty young. I think I was in my very early 20s, 21, 22. No clue what I was doing. I looked like I was 12 years old. So you know, I had the big old oversized suit and the fluorescent tie, I dressed the part for it. Um, And in my first six and a half months of the industry, um, didn't make a single dollar. Uh, And my last five and a half months of my first year, I made just over a million dollars. So it was like, and a lot of blind luck, um, you know, it wasn't based on skill. It was based on a, a complete lack of fear. I dove in, I tried everything. Um, I was always a bit of a stubborn child. Like, I, I believe in this, you show me what you did type of thing. Don't tell me the story. So I sort of dove into that. Um, and this is kind of where the truth comes out, Greg. Yeah. And I've been in the business about three years. I mean, I was enjoying it, but I was starting to come become very unhappy. I was working 90 hours a week. Um, my kids were really young at that point. Pretty, being a pretty crappy dad, to be honest with you, I was working sort of 12, 14 hours a day. And I was you know, quite honestly telling people I was just miserable with the job. I thought this is the worst job I can ever have if I've got to work this hard for this sort of money. Now, I was making lots of money, but sure. the reality of it is money wasn't making me happy. So I actually made the decision I was going to quit. I got up one day and I thought this is it. I'm going to go do something different. Mm. You know, the hours, the stress, the, the emotional turmoil, um, I always used to joke about it. If like, I've got to go through these mental gymnastics to do this business. I'm going to need to do some stretching in the brain because this is, it's really hard for me to work it out. And so when I made the decision to quit, that word didn't really impress me too much because I've always been that, that guy that's always going to make a, make a change. So I actually sat down and looked at my business and I thought the biggest problem that was perceived for me was the hours, you know, putting 90 hours in a week. So I actually looked at my business. And I thought if I can actually get my day down to about my weeks, down to about 40 hours a week, I might consider staying in the business. And so I re-engineered every single thing in my business, how I communicated, how I reacted to everything. I pulled every single thing in my business apart. Um, and within 12 months, I was averaging 60 transactions a month and did that for over a decade. And it was a big lesson for me because the reality of it is it didn't matter how good I was or how talented I was as a salesperson, a good business or outperformed talent every day of the week. So I needed my business to run very, very different. Now, that wasn't my first change. I was you know, constantly changing it so that I could be super consistent. Um, the one thing I always sort of share with people is forget the volume. The volume was a byproduct of running a good business. I was younger, and I don't think anybody should ever base success in this business on volume. Because I wouldn't wish the volume that I did on my worst enemy. It was a nightmare to do it. It was really, really challenging. But I had a goal of what I wanted to do, and I think me understanding what success was, success wasn't based on my income. Success was based on my freedom of choice. Wow. And when I was at that, you know, that early part of my career, I had no choice. I had to get up every morning at five o'clock. Didn't want to do it. There was no exercising. I'd be finishing it midnight, and you know, the phone would ring at you know, five thirty in the morning. I'd drop everything, pick the phone up. And that for me was just a really bad place to be. And so success for me was based on, I need freedom of choice. I need the ability to be able to make decisions that I could do things with my family, have it not affect my business. So success for me was a very, very different perspective. And I think we've come very accustomed that we sort of equate success with people's financial ability to do things. And doing what I've done in my life, some of the most unhappiest people I've ever worked with have been the most wealthiest because it takes so much to keep that. And so that's where my whole sort of, real estate business went through. And I I think I did over five and a half thousand transactions in my career. Um, I got real smart one day, Greg, you'll love this. I woke up and I thought, you know what? I've always wanted to be a business owner and I had an opportunity to buy the company that I work for. So I bought the business and I had about a 12 hour window of excitement. I've gone business owner until I got home that night and realized I just bought myself because I was 80% of the company's volume. So it was a very expensive acquisition. Then I grew that to be the largest uh, real estate group in Australia. I had about 120 agents. We were doing about 1.8 billion um, thereabouts on a yearly basis. Wow. Um, I was a full-time sol- psychologist. All I was doing was managing bad attitudes and keeping people in line. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, then I sold that business. I had an opportunity. Um, you know, I actually wanted to sort of diverse some of my share of interest in the business, do a little bit more consulting until I realized that leadership is too powerful and nobody's ever going to let me work less hours. So my decision was to sell it um, I sold that. And then I took an opportunity with Harquits International to, to take over the CEO role for there, um, tasked with growing the business uh, globally. Um, so I packed up and moved to China, um, opened up a ton of offices over there. And I went from there to South Africa, to India, to Brazil, Dubai, Jakarta, came to the US. And I thought, this is where I'm staying. I thought, this is this is fun. So um basically, when I got to the US, I said, look, you've got three or four years with me, and then I'm going to go do something for me. And, you know, I'd spent so many years helping people grow businesses and do things like that. So I always kind of had a thought process of where I wanted to end up. Mm-hmm. So did about three or four years uh, in the US, opened about 60 offices, recruited about three and a half thousand agents and just got up one day and decided today's the day I'm going to resign and then six months later, I finally did it. Uh, it took me a look and I'd walk in and then I thought, no, I don't want to do it today. So we had a little reservations and a lot of that was an emotional connection to the business as well. Sure. Um, being there a long time, a lot of great relationships, a lot of people have trusted me and helping them secure their future. So I um, spent a bit of time bringing in a new leadership team, getting people comfortable with it. And basically, when I decided to get out, I was going to retire. Uh, and that lasted two weeks, Greg. So I think my wife pretty much tapped me on the shoulder and said, you need to go find something to do or this is probably not going to go the right way. Wow. Um, she did, but I know deep down inside, that's what she felt. Uh-huh. Um, and then I sort of, you know, got, started doing a lot of speaking, traveling around the world, talking about business growth, success, challenges, you know, how you overcome certain things in your business. Um, and then the lead into the consultancy side of it where I've worked a lot with, you know, huge brokerages, mortgage companies, you know, different industries, automotive industry, just around growth and leadership and managing people through change. Wow. Um, and then that sort of morphed into doing a lot of coaching with realtors that were doing above 100 million a year, and and that wasn't because it was a cool place to work. It was just that's where business becomes the problem. You know, anybody can get to volume, but maintaining it and keeping it without destroying you is always the biggest challenge. So that was kind of my area specialty. Um, you know, keeping people sane when they get to the top is always a challenge, um, and and I, I was sticking with that. And then you know, ironically, there's there's something that my wife did. You know, we were sitting there, we're talking about. You know, how do people really get the right leverage in this business? Because one of the things I was gifted with Greg is I had a lot of people that did not tell me I couldn't do it. You know, everybody was sort of early in their careers and you shouldn't be doing that. You can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of people going, I kind of bet you can't, you know, those sort of motivating me. And I sort of thought that I had a good starting point because I didn't get the same resistance. You know, it wasn't people giving me their ideas of doing it. Mm-hmm. And so my wife hung up woke up one day and said, this is what the issue in our industry is, people have the wrong starting point. Generally, we get into this independent contractor, there's not a lot of money in it for the brokerage. So really what they say is, you know, here's a desk, here's a phone, good luck, and let's see if you can make it. I mean, that's a pretty shitty existence for a realtor that's you know, trying to build a career to feed their family and have a better life. Well said. And so we created an online coaching program called Sellwell, which is more of a toolbox. It wasn't you know, coming in and, and, and doing weekly coaching. It was really about giving people everything they needed to succeed and then finding their own path because, you know, my business was my business. It was based on my personality, my delivery. And and, and if it was just me that did that, that was me that had some great success. But being able to replicate that with thousands of other realtors is the real challenge. And something that we sort of learned is everybody's got the ability, the ability to find what works for you is always the challenge. And, And we're in a world of influence now where we're getting people influencing us on what works And, you know, their thoughts and their vision, where for me, it's almost about talking to the individual and finding out what their strength is, what they're good at and building a business around that. And with that being said, Greg, what we actually learned was very few people know what they're good at. Hmm. A lot of people tell you what they like, but what they're actually good at and produces the results is different. Hmm. So that kind of took me back to my business, which was really just finding out the things that I could control, the things that I could really put into my business that would work. Um, I actually have a thing that I always ask people in a seminar and I'll share it with you because it's one of the biggest wake up calls that we get. And it seems a little morbid, Greg, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway, because it's it's a it was like a wake up call for me. Let's do it. And Whenever somebody comes into one of my seminars, I always ask this question, not for the response, but it's more for people to understand what life is at the moment. And I used to always say to people, like, if you had 30 days to list four properties or well, you're going to drop dead, what would you do? I will put some rules on it. You can't tell anybody you're dying. I don't want the sympathy vote. But if you only had 30 days to list four properties, what would you do? Whenever, I mean, I've been doing that for the last probably 12 or 15 years. And the response is always the most powerful thing because not once in my career has a realtor come back to me and told me they've doubled down on what they're doing right now. Ooh. They always turn around. And they go, well, I'm going to go here. I'm going to talk to people I know. I'm going to go to the stuff that works. And really what that sort of enables us to understand is very few people put themselves under enough pressure to force themselves into doing the things they need to do. They'll do what's comfortable. And I got very good at that, of doing what was comfortable, doing what I thought was easy, or I also thought whatever I spent the most amount of money on was gonna produce the most amount of results. And that's completely flawed. Um, I mean, I had a lead gen system once that was $75 a lead. I don't think anybody ever picked up the phone, but because it was expensive, I thought it was brilliant. Um, so I basically turned everything around. I thought, I'm going to do one thing very, very different. This is a theory in my life too, Greg. Yeah. was I really looked at my business and I thought, what's that defining difference? And I realized that most of my business was referrals, but I was spending every waking moment trying to find a new body to sell a home to or to, to sell their home for them. And mm-hmm. so that was where my, you know, the salesperson in me was coming out. Where's my next lead? Who are the, and, but what I was doing was I was being disrespectful and burning the people that already trusted me. So I put in a rule in my business. I do it with all of my clients now, and it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of every waking moment for me is keeping people that like me and trust me in my business Mm. because those are the people that are always going to support me. And I I learned this the hard way, Greg. Nobody ever referred me because I was a good realtor. Not one person ever went to one of my potential clients and said, Aaron's the best realtor. Not one person ever said that, irrespective of what I did. Mm. They always referred me on based on what I was as a person. Wow. Because if I went to one of my closest friends and said, I've just met this guy, Greg, You know, he's an incredible realtor, but as a person, eh, a little bit of an ass, probably not going to like him. You're not going to get much business. (laughs) But if I went to that person and said the same thing, I've met this guy, Greg, I don't always like as a realtor, but as a human being, you're never going to meet anybody nicer, more trustworthy. He's going to be a great guy. You'll have all the business in the world. And so for me, there was these wake up moments about what my business was built on. My business was built on because people liked me and they trusted me. I was always honest. I was always authentic. always did the right thing, even on the days where that's freaking hard to do. And I feel like that's what got lost. Um, So that's a little bit of my my world in a nutshell. There was some, you know, some humps and some bumps along the way. Not everything's a raging success. I mean, I started my first company when I was 17. And by the time I was 19, I no longer had a company. Things didn't go the right way. But for me, I still believe that I got about eight years of business experience and two because I was just so young and naive, but I learned things the hard way. And I realized in my business, the thing that I'm better at than anything is running a business that can control the weaknesses that I have. And so that's what we specialize in. That's what I focus on is we all know people that make a lot of money and we still can't work out how they put their pants on every day. Generally, because they've got a good process, they've got a good business. And I think everybody can be successful if they can work out what their strength is, what they're good at there's a million things in our industry to do and guaranteed all of them work they just don't work for everybody our job's to find what works for us and then turn it into something that can actually give us the life that we want so i know it's a little different to what most people do but you know it's it's a it's something that we're real passionate about is giving people a a better start you know a better ability to have a better life have some freedom to be not bound by debt to actually get up every day and be passionate about the things that they're doing and this is a tough industry to be like that in great so you know, there's a lot more nos than there are yeses
0: Aaron this uh this culmination of your story and progression and everything that you've been through is just inspiring and you know from a young age stepping into the business and and really understanding and revamping, feeling the pain that so many individuals do as they get into their careers and instead of bowing out, you redesigned you you really Dove deep into what was the highest and best use of effect, and you really saw that through in a short period. Building business, selling business, you know, really growing and scaling into brokerage with Harcourts, which is an incredible organization, um, you know, which is absolutely fantastic. And then looking at it from a standpoint of now, what's next? You're you're constantly helping so many people take their lives and their businesses. To places where maybe they didn't even realize they could go. And a lot of times, Aaron, and I don't need to tell you, but more so for the audience, people just don't know what they don't know. And not everybody's fortunate enough to have somebody like you in their life to really shed light, to guide them through, to ask thought-provoking questions that make you think differently. And mm-hmm. to your point, there's a lot of monkey see, monkey do. There's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, gurus, right? And the people who have uh, positioned themselves on different media platforms to be that expert. But what I love about you, Aaron, anybody who's tuning into this, I know that your minds are blown, melting. You're super excited right now about this, just from Aaron's delivery up to this point. But you really walk the talk. You, you, your your story and expertise and character speak to those volumes. And I know that anybody who knows you is going to harp that same message all the way through and through. And the fact that as you made that representation. From a top tier producer and a professional such as yourself in every aspect of life, you're just a great person, and that to me is so incredible to to hear the way that you spun that thought. It's mm. so true. I think it's that uh, it's that Maya Angelou quote: um, p- "People don't people don't care how much you know until they know how much yeah. you care." That sort of mentality, right? So it, it, it isn't. Is.
1: I, I remember. Funny, the wake up call for me, Greg, was I. I, I remember sitting down one day, and I'm not, I'm a real thinker. Like I I will literally pull things apart. I'll analyze it because I'm a I'm a I'm a seeker of answers. And there's never. I mean, I don't know the answers to everything either. What I do have is a talent to be able to work out the answer to a you know, to a problem. And I think. You know, coming to somebody expecting that they have the correct answer for every solution or every problem in your business is flawed because, I mean, it's the ability to navigate challenges what makes us who we are. And I think, you know, I'm I'm very honest about it. You won't meet anybody that's failed more than me. Um, but I, that's the most education you'll ever get in your life. If you've never failed, you've never tried, and and I'm pretty good at it. I mean, I I will say the more you fail, the recovery time is exceptional. You can recover from it way quicker. Uh, it just becomes something that. You know, in my mind, if you don't break something, you've got nothing to fix, nothing to improve. So you've got to pull it apart. But you know, when I was going through that moment where I was making that decision about whether I was going to stay in the business or not, I had this sort of wake up moment, which was kind of hard for me as a, as a man, especially to kind of sit there and believe. Sure. And it was really because com- I thought people judged me on my business. You know, I thought people represented me based on my volume, my success. And, and the ironic thing behind it is the only person who knew or well, the only people who knew what my success was with my competition. The general public didn't know how many homes I'd sold or what I was doing in the business. And the wake up call for me was realizing that I'm a far better human being than I am a realtor. So sell the right bloody thing. And to me, I was, it was always about pushing down people's throats how good I was at selling real estate, but never showing them what I was like as a person. And the more I showed people what I was like as a person, with the way that I would commit to communication things with them, the way that I would have, and my biggest fear in life is letting people down, Greg. So that kind of stems into my business, yeah, you know, about being super authentic and honest with people. And the and the day I stopped talking about real estate, and the day I stopped telling people how good I was, because I felt like that was a, an insecurity of trying to convince somebody. I always joke about it. It's like the, you know, it's like the handsome man. I'll say man, because it's two men talk. It's like the handsome man standing in the mirror every morning going, man, you're handsome. He's got to tell himself every day. It's like, you've got to convince yourself that you're actually a really good human being and you're prepared to do the right things. Mm. However, that comes with challenges, because sometimes you've got to walk away from opportunities because they don't fit, they don't work. But it's assessing that that environment to say that time and energy is better spent on me, my team, my family, the things that are actually to make me better at what do I do? So my complete spin was making me a better person. Wow. You know, studying human psychology, understanding what my product was, understanding how to deal with people's emotions, because we're in one of the most emotional businesses ever. And if you're going through a real emotional turmoil with the sale of your home, or you've lost a family member, or a job change, no script or dialogue is going to help you with that. Empathy helps you with that. How do we engage those people? So yeah, it was a complete shift. All you know, right. It was something that really put me into a, performance mindset of making sure that I could be the best version of myself every time I got an opportunity and it kind of stemmed from something my grandfather used to always say. He goes, every day you show up, you dress, you talk, you present like the next person you meet is about to do something that's going to change your life. Wow. Lucky enough for me, three or four times in my life that's happened. And it's because I'm always looking for the good I think we live in a world now where everybody wants to look at why they won't do something. And I think, you know, we talked about gurus and everybody with these ideas. I think everybody's got some incredible things to share. Our job as people is to focus on the one or two things we like, not hyper-focus on the you know 50% of the stuff we don't, and then use that as excuses why we don't do it. Because honestly, almost everything in my business was not unique and different. It was me taking an idea that the foundation was right. I didn't like the delivery. I didn't like the methods. I'd change it. You know, everything works. We've just got to find a way to, for us to better deliver it to get the results that we want. So my 80-20 rule, saved my life. It's always in my business now. I'm happy to say that I've, you know, we've never lost a client out of our coaching. My oldest client that I'm working with, I've been with them for nearly 10 years. Wow. Um, that, takes a, that takes a lot of commitment to doing the right thing and constantly be changing and adding value. You know, it's putting extreme pressure on yourself. But, you know, those are things that we're pretty proud of.
0: Aaron, you're you're dropping massive amounts of knowledge based off of your your true expertise, and that to me is is of that caring and giving. And you've helped thousands uh, internationally really do it from that standpoint. And before I get to the the second part, which is the tactical takeaway, even though you've loved so much on there, I, I really want to talk about sell well. And I know you're always evolving. You're always looking at things from perspectives to improve the results, to make sure that you're providing as much value and care to the people who entrust in you. So I want to get your perspective on what's new, what's exciting uh, with SellWell and what you see kind of going on with the market and why that this is shifting for, for business and for your clients, if you don't mind.
1: No, 100% I don't mind. I mean, I, and I think it's sort of, you know, SellWell was something that you know, we didn't set out to build a coaching company. It was really something we, you know, we've got a couple of great businesses that helps, you know, realtors, but it was almost like there was fixing a bit of a gap. And, you know, at that point in time, you know, COVID was running rampant. Everybody was doing their thing and that was doing. But And so for me, it was really about, you know, as a person, I want everything. I don't want to sit there and have things drip fed to me because I don't know what you need. So yeah. why not just give you everything? So we created SellWell, which was basically giving everybody, a complete toolbox of every single thing i did in my business how i talked to people my communications marketing listing every single thing i could put in front of them and it was a lifetime thing you got it had it for life if it didn't work it had 100 guarantee on and that was solving a problem for people giving them a better start wasn't putting them under financial pressure hmm. but as we've seen things go and unfortunately this is where i've got to give my team a lot of respect you know also understand that i think we were talking about this earlier Nobody gets successful on their own. My business worked well because I had one of the most incredible human beings working with me. He wasn't my business partner. He was my you know, operations person, but he had the talent that I didn't, his attention to detail. So my drive was to find people that could do things that I couldn't do really well. Wow. And I've been able to do the same thing with um, you know, My two business partners, Justine and Katie, two of the most incredible human beings with the same empathy, same values, the same respect. And I know that any single person that talks to them will get the same feel from them as what they get from me. And I... I credit both of those two with where Salwell is today, um, and I say that to soften it up because I remember going to them about six months ago and we need to change it. We need to do something completely different. Um, and these are two ladies that are working twelve hours a day, flat out creating, you know, putting my thoughts into content, doing the things, and constantly providing new service. Wow. And the reason we wanted to change it was you know, the value of the information was one thing. And what we've really started to lose over the last three or four years is we've become super remote, super disconnected, and we're in the people business. And if you get disconnected from the people for long enough, you start to lose your game a little bit. You start to lose the ability to connect. And so we've, we've rebuilt well, to a point where it needs to be more of a community. We need places to go and talk because I know I don't have the answers to everything and we can create masterminds of people that are out there in different marketplaces, Mm -hmm. working out different ways to do things and to be able to facilitate that. So, SellWell is now moving into a membership format, a very low cost thing where you've got the ability to take different levels of it, you know, ongoing coaching calls, mastermind sessions, like basically being the support or your business partner that we've never had. Because wow. that's the thing that we're seeing more than anything now is it's becoming a bit of a lonely industry. It's becoming very isolated. We've got so many people remote, but we need the ability to connect with people. I mean, it's like somebody wants to run a marathon and they just and they train the day before they go. Like it's something that even working and interacting with people is something we've got to constantly do. Different personalities, different types, different strategies. This is what our business is. And, and the, the drive behind the change was to make sure that we were always relevant and giving people what they needed in the market. Because I've seen a lot of companies out there, same coaching program they had 15 years ago. And you know what? Some of it's incredible, but we've got to change with people. And people's emotions are at an all-time high. I do have a large portion of what I do is about teaching us to be better people and how to run a better business. Because honestly, the only thing that gets in the way is what's between our ears. It's the excuses we make and the challenges that we sort of imagine that are in front of us, but we use those as as the excuses. So by going to the membership, it's going to be able to provide that support you know, with every single tool that you could possibly need um, to give people what they need on a more regular basis. You know, you can check in every single day, there's resource centers, there's, you know, we've got, you know, outside people coming in talking about, you know, personal presentation yourself, you know, mental stability, how we go through emotional intelligence, Um, putting off to the side, artificial intelligence, we've got a whole thing that we're gonna be talking about, human intelligence, because we can't forget how that works. You know, we've got to have the ability to be emotionally intelligent with people, and one thing that I've always sort of focused on, Greg, is technology. It's been my weakness. I'll be the first one to admit it. I've been, I've had the luxury of having a business that's always been 100% referral, even in the coaching world. Um, I've never advertised because it's always been an ongoing thing. So my resistance to that's been real. Sure. We're moving into a lot more of, you know, obviously exposure to people online. And, and that's just part of, you know, sharing the joy of the things that we're doing. But it was just a real understanding, like we've got to get over those fears and try something a little different. And you know, taking our students and the you know the thousands of realtors we've put through it to a different level and actually just giving them the belief that they can do it is all we need. Hmm. You know, because most of the reasons we don't do things is we we come up with so many excuses and you know we have all these pre perceived challenges and Interesting. I just, I just had a thought pop into my head, Greg, and it was, I was driving to San Diego about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And so I was on the, the five freeway driving to San Diego and there was one of those buses in front of me, you know, those old camper things that you can hire and they look like they're hand painted. Yeah. And on the back of this bus was a um, a, a hand painted sign that says, I am so good at worrying that 99% of the things I worry about never happen. <laughs> and I'd literally sat behind that, that van for about 40 minutes thinking, Yep, there's a message in that for everybody. It's like what we think about, what we see as challenges are never challenges. And our job is to sort of navigate around those because they're going to be there every day, decipher the things that are going to work for you that are not going to work for you. I mean, we're seeing realtors dive into social media that are terrified of getting in front of the camera. Like if you've got to put yourself in your most powerful position. And Hmm. and so the whole philosophy of what we do at SellWell is take an individual, we dive into who you are as a person, what you're really, really good at, and then we build a business around you not around somebody else's theory or their idea. And so when you look at all these things that you see out there, my one bit of advice is find the one thing you like, stop listening, start doing. Stop awesome. looking for the reason not to start. Wow. Because unless you start something, break it, change it, you know, and even give yourself a definitive answer that this is not going to work for me, you've got surety, you can move on to the next step. And most of us just love that confusion of saying we're trying a lot of stuff. Hmm. So right. my job is to get rid of it. So
0: Aaron as you're mentioning all these things and and being so gracious uh you know with your thoughts and it's a massive character uh position that you're you're showing here is you're continually working on yourself in addition to and, and you're you're always bettering what's happening even to the point where you mentioned technology and you know there's different aspects that that can grow and accelerate but Um, you know, you are always constantly pushing yourself down that way. And the same principle applies with your students and the people that you mentor. And that's uh, once again, we're all in different positions in life. And I love the fact that the way that you've created Sellwell is not a one size fits all. It's very bespoke. It's very custom or tailor fitted to those individuals and where they are and where they're going. Uh, And I love that because to me, Uh, And this might be a crude analogy, but if you look at it, maybe from a personal trainer, and if the personal trainer gave the same types and amounts of food, the same amount of liquids through your diet, the same amount of days and exercises for every single person, that's not necessarily going to yield the best results for age ranges and, you know, different illnesses that are already existing, what their goals are in particular. So to me, I find that to be really, really looking at it from the same thing with the jacket. I mentioned uh, bespoke, you know, suits or tailored custom. You could get something off the rack. It might look nice. You know, you could get a few things done here and there, but it's never going to fit or look as good as something that is made to measure for your exact body and your frame. And that's really what I'm understanding from perspective of sell well, but correct me if I'm wrong, but you've almost created a bespoke feel that people can actually afford and they can get exactly. involved with at all different levels. And when people think custom or tailor, they're like, oh, nope, not for me. But that's completely the opposite. I mean, is that right, Aaron? I mean, for Understand. me to say that.
1: I mean, your analogy is so spot on. It's like when we walk into our wardrobe, we don't have one set of clothes. Like we have we have custom things. We put a different pair of pants with a different shirt based on the weather. The day business is no different. There are certain things that we have to adjust based on the climate, which will be the market, things that are going on. And I think we get so tunnel vision about this is the way I want to run my business. And I was guilty of that. I mean, this is how I'm going to run my business. I'm not changing it. But my clients were telling me what they needed to have and what they wanted from me. And if I didn't have it, they'd go somewhere else. I mean, I don't care how much you, I like you. If you don't have what I need, I'm not going to come to you. And I think... This is where I see a lot of people fall short. We let ego get in the way of a successful business. And I don't care what direction you wanna go. My job is not to sell your house. My job is to facilitate the transaction and make you love it. Hmm. That's how my business keeps growing. And it's you know how we navigate that. And But we are in that era now though, Greg, where it's a whole lot of people telling us what we should be doing. And, and right. I've, I've always said to people, I've got the best comeback, the best response, and it's the one thing you should always ask before you buy something, show me how you did it. Oh. And if they can't give you an answer, and show me someone that you've taught how to do it and show me their results. And I think that would eliminate probably 90% of the advertising that we see out there. But I mean, that's what you're going to put your life in. I mean, would you risk your family? Would you risk your livelihood on an idea or a thought process that if you actually asked yourself the other question about if you're going to die in 30 days, would you still spend the money? Mm. Because You'd find that most of those people wouldn't even risk it if they knew they were going to put their livelihood at risk. And I do think the thing that was really easy for me to do, and it's it's something I teach people all the time, is we have endless time in our heads. Mm. We never put restrictions or timeframes on the things that we do. I actually, when I got into real estate, when I made that decision that I was going to quit, but I wanted to change it, the day that I ch- started changing my business, I set my date that I was going to get out. Because mm. if we just give ourselves all the time in the world to try and get to an end result, we're never going to get there. And A simple little mental trick that I do is every single thing I put in front of myself it's going to take me an hour, I take 15 minutes off it. I give myself 45 minutes. Like pressure is a wonderful thing. Mm. You know, this old human psychology thing. You give the old average human being eight hours to do a two-hour job, they'll take eight hours to do it. But you spin it around, give them an eight-hour job and two hours to do it, they get 80% of it done. Go figure. It's the time that affects it. And we just feel like we've got all the time in the world. But I, want, I don't want to take three or four more years to get to where I want to be. I want to do it in 12 months and enjoy three or four years of the fruits of what I actually put my energy into building. Wow. And people don't sort of see it that way. They, they're waiting for that opportunity. And to diverse just a touch, somebody actually came to me the other day and said, I don't, I've do not i seen all your stuff, but I just want the million dollar idea. Wow. Go, what are you talking about the million dollar idea? Like, What's the million dollar idea? I said, I don't have any. I don't have a single idea that's worth a million bucks. I said, but I've got a thousand hundred dollar ideas that'll make you a millionaire. Which one would you be interested in? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, like you see, like everybody wants that quick fix, and yeah. there isn't really a quick fix. Not a, not all of us are that lucky. You know, we can get that strike of lightning every now and again, but that's generally what you know. It's that false hope. You know, the majority of people that are successful work bloody hard to get there. You know, you learn how to overcome the challenges and. You know, if we're sort of trying to copy people or to emulate these people are out there talking about the things that they've done and you try to do what they've done, the best you'll ever be is a second rate version of that person. You'll never, ever be the best version of yourself. And like, if we go back to what we originally talked about is people hire us because of who we are as people. If you're not acting as who you are as a person, you're not getting hired. What they're doing is you're hiring, you're joining a relationship which you're going to get exposed on really, really quickly. And then you're going to end up losing your opportunity. And so for me, it's authenticity, do the right thing, find your people. And this business can be pretty easy.
0: (laughs) Aaron, as as you're mentioning all of these, you know, complete game changers, so many people are looking at it from a standpoint of, as you mentioned, lightning striking. We're catching lightning in a bottle, my friend. As you're going through, I'm just catching it left and right. I know that everybody else is just loving this information. And we haven't even gotten to the tactical part yet, but you've just dropped it. And this is this is huge, Aaron. I do want to, there's so many people that are really tuning into this right now, and myself included, where just the level of passion and heart that is given and the knowledge, I know we're just scratching the surface, but with SellWell particularly, I mean, how? what's the best way for everybody to get a hold of you, Aaron, to connect with you, to learn more? I mean, to really have discovery, to, to yeah. dive deeper, because there's going to be certain people that say, hey, I love Aaron. He's a great guy. That's not for me. I know mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people that say, I love Aaron. He's an amazing guy. How do I do more? How, what, so what what does that look like for the audience um, and, and we can put stuff in the show notes too, but I just wanted to make yeah, sure. I mean,
1: interesting. I mean, obviously the website, sellwell.com, um, you can get us on social media, you know, Aaron Hodson at, S, at Aaron Hodson SW or Sellwell sellwell.today um, is there as well. So you can, we're pretty easy to find. Okay. Um, there is an early registration list at the moment for sellwell before the new launch. So there, um, I will share a link with you, Greg, which I'm oh. more than happy to share, Love um, that. which is just an early registration um, for the first series. Funny enough, the first, um session for the you know the first theme for the first uh, 30 days is all about defining what success is going to look like for you wow. um so that's going to pull people right back into it mm-hmm. um, but it's an interesting thing you know with for us it's it's, it's it is a bit more designed for everybody i mean with some of my top performing realtors in the program are doing 30 40 deals a month we've mm-hmm. had you know brand new agents that you know fresh out of getting their license do 50 transactions in the first year if you can find somebody's trigger point where they can actually stand out and be brilliant in their own right. Anybody can be successful. And I don't think there is a model for really high performance people. I mean, I do some of the most basic things with the most experienced agents because we forget what got us to the top. Wow! You know, We forget the simple things that built our business and we feel like we've got to diverse. And mm-hmm. it's interesting success is a bit of a roadmap but the fuel in the car is always gonna be the same. Like the, the foundation of what you have is always gonna be the most critical part. And if you stop doing the things that originally built your business, you're going to find a crack somewhere. You're going to find a hole because it's almost like being really, really loving to your wife for the first twelve months and then stopping to do it and expecting her still to be the same person. Oh you know, God. like it's it's a sort of a business model that what she's once you start it, you got to keep doing it because it becomes personal if you don't. Wow. But ironically, the business model is way more effective because I got to manage way less people to do it. I mean, managing thirty or forty people is way different to trying to manage a database with four thousand people and they don't even know who you are. Like there's a real simplistic part to doing it. And the thing that I always loved it is I can prove to you that it works. So there's, there's got to be a, a some proof behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not theoretical. It's things that have done. We've got hundreds of realtors, thousands of them that have, that have been doing it that have had incredible success with it, but they all find a unique way of doing it. So, hey, and I always say it's, Yeah, it might not be right for everybody. It's always the first thing I talk about. I'm not for everybody. Sometimes people hate my honesty. Some people don't like the truth. But I also made a decision in my life that if you don't like me because I'm honest with you, it's not my problem. If you love me because I've told you something that's not true, I'm going to have a bloody issue to deal with at some point in my life. So it's an authenticity thing where I've just got to be that person. And uh, ironic, that's what we get paid to do, Greg, is tell people the truth or to challenge the way that we think. But check it out. Have a look at it. There's a lot of free stuff. You can join just to view what we're doing. I'm a big believer in make the decision, your own choice to join. Mm-hmm. Because if you choose to join something, you'll find every reason to stay. If you're forced into it because of a vague proposition, you're going to be looking for every reason to get out of it. Wow. So make the choice. Do some research. And I think if you are looking at coaching, research everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't
1: just get one idea. You've got to get some comparisons to see what is going to be the right fit for you. You know, if you want something a little bit more intense or you want something that's a little bit more, you know, event driven, sure, there's tons of things out there. If you want something that's really going to dive into you as an individual, there's stuff out there for as well, something that we specialize in. But best Mm -hmm. bit of advice I can give is do some research, because then once you've done your research, you can make a decision on something you're prepared to commit to. If you dive into something without doing research, you're going to be floored with issues before you even get started.
0: I I mean, Aaron, that sound advice uh, all the way through and through and and truly selfless in that nature to to really educate and have people understand, make those decisions. And I love the fact as you broke it down, if they make the decision, they're going to have every reason to stay coming to it. But if they're forced, you know, they're going to look for excuses to go. I I think that's so eloquently put as you're basing it off of. And there's so many things that just triggered uh, my thought process too, Aaron. Uh, talking about the top producers and and the high level individuals, uh, you know, that adage of the grass isn't green on the other side, it's green where you water it. And I think focusing on those tasks at hand for those individuals are there and the top and top tier high performers. I mean, we've been very blessed and fortunate through Titans over the past five some odd years uh, to have some incredible conversations with individuals such as yourself. And there's there's a continued note across the board and it's just so many things that are just recalling into my mind. But what I love that you mentioned, and this isn't a plug for you directly, indirectly, possibly, but this is just from my heart is no one at the highest of levels did it alone, which we already discussed, but everyone at the highest levels had coaches, mentors, or trainers and Mm -hmm. multiple coaches, multiple mentors, multiple trainers. And the easiest adage that always comes to my mind and anybody who's listening, think of your favorite top tier athlete, Mm -hmm. whoever that may be. They have multiple coaches, life, health, fitness. I mean, they're not this epitome of perfection into people's scales of that, on their own there's natural abilities and practice and tendencies but they're taking bits and pieces from people and perspectives and this is everything in my mind that aaron's saying find those people those individuals that can help culminate and make the best version of yourself and go and grow to the heights that you can imagine and that that's i just love it aaron i mean i get super oh, excited well about said, Rick. It. that
1: is so well it's so true though like i feel like we missed that that you know, everybody thinks they can get to where they want on their own. And I mean we're, we're pretty smart people, but sometimes we need a little smack on the side of the head, a little bit of a challenge. And I think for me, the thing I loved about I've I've had I can't tell you how many coaches I've had, I've had you know, you know, mental skill coaches, I've had business coaches, I've had, I've had all sorts of things because I feel like it's not about searching for something. It's it's also about the challenge. I used to love sitting in front of really successful people and them challenging me on everything. Mm-hmm. And I always used to, it frustrated me when I first started doing it. I remember having one of my mentors go to me, look, my job is to do this. And I go, and I'm sorry, I'm curious to know what your job is because you're just creating a bloody nightmare for me at the moment. He goes, my job is to make you measurable. Oh. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, my job is this. If you can't convince me what you're doing is the right thing, then you're the one with the problem because I'm the consumer. And if you can't, convince me that what you're trying to do is going to be something more beneficial for us in the business, mm. then you've got to look at your delivery. You've got to look at, look at what the issue is. And it was like this aha moment. It was like, I was so focused on telling people and showing people where I wasn't being curious. I wasn't asking the questions about certain things that I could do to change people. Mm. And so that leads me into this thing that, is where my mind is at the moment with everybody that we're dealing with and I think this is just a fundamental mindset shift for everybody just because of the way that life is at the moment yeah. there's always these three key things that de- determine success for me and, and, and the first one that people talk about is consistency and I actually think we've got to burn that mm. consistency is very valuable don't get me wrong but there's a lot of people being very consistent on stuff that doesn't work it's a, it's a crutch it's somewhere <laughs> where they go like I'm getting up every day and I'm making 50 phone calls yeah but nobody answered the phone that's not 50 phone calls that you dialed mm. 50 numbers so I think consistency needs to be replaced with persistence. We've lacked it. you know. Persistent and being so just focused on the stuff that you know is going to work. Like when your heart believes that you know what you're doing is really going to work and you're honest with yourself, being persistent no matter what the reaction is. Wow. You know, And I have a rule in my life, Greg, if 51% of people tell me to go away, I go away. It's got to be that number, though. Like I'm, I'm not going to stop doing what I know is valuable because one person has a problem with it. Think about social media. We get one negative comment, we stop doing what we need how to do. We get influenced by people that their opinions don't make any sense to us at all. Sure. The second thing that we're really focusing on is that we live in a world now where everybody's telling people what they should do. to sit in front of people and I'm telling you what your home's worth. And for me, We've got to stop doing that. We've got to start getting more curious. Ask right questions. We don't know what people are going through. And we always fly in with these presentations. Like, this is what's going to blow you away. Where my presentation is purely being curious. I want to ask you all the questions under the sun. You're going to give me the answer to every single thing I want to know by me having a conversation with you, getting curious, asking the right questions, taking you down a path so that we're actually communicating like human beings. Go figure. Conversation is two people talking. And I see it a lot where people say, I'm a phenomenal communicator. What does that mean? Are you good at talking to people or do you actually listen? So two different things. So the first one, obviously, that persistence and the curiosity for me is the most valuable negotiating tip you'll ever get. And you you watch any young child who wants something, they just keep asking you questions. Eventually, you just quit and you give in. I've had kids as well. So I learned a lot from my children doing that. (laughs) And the last one, which is, I think, something that we all lack is patience. Mm. Everything in our industry is hand stamped with a timestamp. Yeah, every time we look at somebody, it's based on when we're going to get a result from it. And this is my absolute, this is, you know what, Greg, I'm going to tell a lot. I do have a million dollar idea. The million dollar idea for our industry is the day you stop associating a time frame with everything you do is the day your business will turn around. Wow. Because you base every single interaction based on the time frame of you getting paid. Because mm-hmm. if I went to somebody and said, hey, look, I'm going to sell my house in a year versus I'm going to sell it in two weeks, you're a lot nicer to me when I'm selling in two weeks than you are in 12 months the mental power to stay as connected to that person for the next 12 months is what's going to define who you are as a person mm-hmm. because i'm no longer going to get a deal in 2 weeks i'm going to get 10 deals in 12 months by taking care of that person where there's nothing in it for me
0: mm-hmm. and
1: most of us will base every action based on the reward we think we're going to get in a time frame and if you can remove time frame from everything and it doesn't change who you are as a person watch how quickly success comes Wow. Everything we do in life is based with the time. Hey, I'm the Amazon Prime King. I buy everything based on how quickly it can get to my house. I'll even buy the crappy one and 10 of it. <laughs> if I can get 10 of them, then I will <laughs> wait two days for the more expensive one. But that's life. Yeah. When you're dealing with people, time cannot be the thing that makes your decisions. It cannot be the thing that drives the outcome because that's for you. It's not for the person you're talking to. Wow. It's got to be different. And if we can teach people how to do that, and show people how to really take care of people irrespective of when the result's going to come watch how many different results you'll get you'll get people saying my realtor's taking care of me even though I'm not doing anything for a year well you know what most people say right now Greg I spoke to a realtor but I haven't heard from them again because I told him I wasn't selling in 12 months and then three months later it's on the market with some other guy which would be me because I actually showed up and said hello and I mean <laughs> that's the difference is that that is, and, and I'll be honest, it's not easy. The hardest part about our business is, is managing the emotional reaction we have to everything that happens in our business. Wow. And, I, and I'll back it up with one comment. I, I, I still believe that I know what the secret to life is. Now, I, don't, I, and I know I'm live and I'm probably sharing something that I shouldn't. And it's a bit of a joke, but it's also very, very true, mm-hmm. is the day that you can choose what emotion you use to react to every single thing that happens in your business is the day that you actually finally start taking control. Wow. It's because most of us just have an emotional reaction to everything. When the client gets mad, we get mad back at them. we start blaming, you know, we jump online, somebody sends negative. So we, and the day that you can choose how you deal with everything from an emotional standpoint is control and that's freedom and it's powerful. And it's really, really hard to do. And if you can get that right, boy, it's a game changer.
0: Aaron, this episode is a game changer. <laughs> that's what I just got to say, I, I mean, as you break this whole thing down, uh, you know, really laying the foundation for everybody to, to improve their life and their standings and really take their, their next chapter uh, is huge, Aaron. And I just, I can't thank you enough for being so open and transparent and giving of your time and your effort. And it, it doesn't go unnoticed for me. And I know the audience is is absolutely loving this, uh in and of itself and Aaron as you were you were talking I kind of had a a little bit of an out-of-body experience where I felt like I was felt like I was in a massive arena with you know thousands of people and you were on stage and I just felt so there was just this energy uh, about you And, and and again anybody who has interacted with you, seen you, trained with you. They know these things. So anybody who hasn't, I I told you at the beginning, you are welcome. You're welcome again. Uh, But Aaron, I mean, you, you train so many all over the world. And what I would say is to anybody who loves what Aaron's saying, jump on to the website we'll have links in the description below we, we really want to make sure that you do your research and due diligence but you know from keynote speaking to you know business strategy all the way to really high performance uh, sales coaching and training i mean aaron you do so much you give so much and i can't encourage anybody out there enough to reach out to this man reach out to his team uh, you will not regret it this is huge stuff aaron i i can't uh I can't thank you enough. I, I just want to leave the, the floor open for you to close. Is there anything you want to mention? You want to close out with anything, Aaron, uh, any thoughts that come to mind uh, as we wrap this up? Because I know you and I could chat all day long. So yeah, I mean, it's,
1: I think I'd love to end with a bit of a reality check. And I think, you know, it's something that's happened in the last few months for me. I've, I've been, you know, somebody actually asked me a question like, you know, was I just always a confident person? And and I remember sitting there thinking about it going, I'm actually not that confident as a person. I mean, I'm a pretty reserved person. Um, I love my private life. My wife's my best friend. So we travel together. We do all certain things together. And, you know, so I'm a pretty reserved person. But my confidence doesn't come from me, you know, being a particularly confident person. My confidence comes from me believing 100% if somebody gives me a shot, I'm going to give them 100% the best version of me. And if somebody is struggling with confidence, your confidence isn't in what you do, your lack of trust is in your own ability to do it. If you can gain that confidence in yourself, and it doesn't need to be confidence around your ability to do the job, it's your ability to give it 100% of everything you've got. Because people will respect someone that tries. What they won't respect is someone that's got the ability and doesn't put the effort in. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't, it's not a natural thing to be a super confident person. I do think there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence. We've got always got one foot over either side of it. Mm-hmm. Just be careful you don't teeter too far over. That's right. But the confidence for me is just believing yourself. Like if you, if somebody's going to give you a shot and you give it every single thing you can, you just don't know what the opportunity is. Wow. And I feel like that's the challenge for most people is we never give it everything. We never dive in and go, you know what, I'm going to show this person what makes me different. We teeter, we sort of wait for something to happen or to be mine change their mind or do something like that, I like just show people who you are. And if that opportunity is not right, I guarantee they'll tell somebody about you. But if you don't give people hundred percent, the best version of you, that's disrespectful.
0: Wow. Un- give people un- the
1: best version of yourself.
0: Yeah. That, that reality check is, is much appreciated, Aaron, much needed for myself and everybody who's tuning into this now or after the fact, it's huge information. And uh, again, Aaron, I just, I don't want this to be over <laughs> for me. It's just one of those things where I, i like, oh no, we're, we're at an hour here and I want to keep going. But, um, I, like I said, Aaron, I, I can't thank you enough. It, it, it was an absolute honor to have you on the show, to share a little bit of you with the Titan nation. But, um, for me just to personally know you means the world. It really does. And, yeah. uh, it, that's, uh, something that I'll, I'll keep with me in my heart. Uh, I do wanna give you something in return for all of your your wonderful knowledge and your time today. And and again, just being so gracious at doing that, Aaron. I, de- I need to dub you an official real estate Titan. So yes. that is a, an honor that is yours forever, my friend. It's a badge of honor. There's no trophies. There's no plaques, as I always say, but it's in your heart forever. Uh, but you are an official real estate Titan, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I've been striving
1: for this for years, Greg. Strive for years. It's like, you know, I feel like I've just got an Academy Award. It's fantastic. <laughs>
0: speech, speech, speech. That that's 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 good. That's that. Aaron, seriously, thank you. Uh, You're you're incredible. I know we'll be in touch. This has just been phenomenal, uh, my friend. And uh, yeah, again, I can't thank you enough. I I do have to thank everybody out there as well uh, for your time and attention, your love and support. If you like what we're doing with Real Estate Titans, don't forget to subscribe. You know what to do at this point. I do have to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Lion Bolt Media. If you are a real estate professional looking to grow and scale business utilizing leading edge digital marketing, visit lionboltmedia.com. Now, we're live here on Real Estate Titans every Tuesday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location. Catch everybody in the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Aaron.